Today, we've got an interview with renowned entrepreneur and host of Today's Business Leaders podcast, Gabe Arnold, about all sorts of things, including monetizing your inspiration, mastering many trades, and choosing your path to success. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome, awesome, really insightful, really cool guest, and I can't wait to get there. But before we do, quick little update. As always, the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read continues to do well on Amazon, continues to hold number one bestseller status in a number of categories here and there. And of course, it's got some very awesome recent coverage, whether it's USA Today in an article titled 20 Reading Suggestions for a New and Improved You in 2021, or a Forbes article titled 21 Books to Read in 2021. I continue to be amazed and humbled by all the press, by all the positive attention, by the five-star reviews, but most importantly, the emails that people send me when they put what I teach in the book into practice. Thank you so much to everyone for your support. And for those that have not checked it out yet, feel free, you know, you can go to Amazon. In fact, you can go to the website lastlawofattractionbook.com, which will auto forward to the Amazon listing. You can check it out in either Kindle or paperback or audiobook. And of course, they've got a preview if you want to get a sense of what the book is really about. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can also go to the YouTube channel in support of it. It's youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. I teach new methods. I interview law of attraction experts, and I have a few other fun surprises there as well. So feel free, whichever link resonates most with you, just, you know, it's, it's your call to check it out. But with that said, let's get straight to the guest of the hour. This was a really, really fun interview that I had scheduled with Gabe here, and I don't want to waste any more time. So I'm just going to switch mics and we're going to dive in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here's me and Gabe. Okay, I am... Super pumped for today's guest. Uh, Gabe Arnold is the founder and CEO of Business Marketing Engine, Copywriter Today, BME Web, and Omni Social Engine. Each entity helps businesses and entrepreneurs achieve success in unique and powerful ways. And you know, Gabe's always loved the technical and marketing side of business. And he even sold his first website when he was just 16 years old. And over the course of uh, 15 plus years as an entrepreneur himself, Gabe's helped over a thousand startups and hundreds of established companies take their success to the next level through affordable long-term solutions for businesses of all sizes. Whether it's helping you create perfect copy, develop and update websites, build a successful sales funnel, or manage social media marketing, Gabe's got the answer and he knows how to help businesses win. I am sure we're going to go in all sorts of cool directions, and I can't really wait to, to do that. So without any further ado, Gabe Arnold, thanks so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. This is a blast, and it was awesome having you on my show, and I'm glad to be here. So thank you. Yeah, and I that was such a fun experience. I guess we might as well start with that because, wow, you do so much, but but your show, if I'm not mistaken, it's called uh, Today's Business Leaders, right? Yep. And what what kind of inspired you to go down that path? Because obviously, you're a busy guy as it is. What what made you choose to to go down the route of also having the show? So, I am ridiculously introverted, <laughs> like in my natural state. And I've you know, like you kind of talked about in the beginning there. I've been messing with technology and doing entrepreneurial things for years. But for me, like 
I, I always felt like I had to like flip a switch or do something different. When I got into sales mode or I went out and networked and did face-to-face because -face I did tons of, I did years of face-to-face -face sales and door-to-door -door stuff. Um, but it was, I enjoyed it, but it was super taxing to me and something about how I made or created or whoever put me here, however that happened is I'm just like super connected to technology. It's something I get, I understand, I like it. Uh, and so when I realized um, that like I could do this thing called a podcast, which I mean, it, yeah, my podcast is like three years old. It's not like I started at the dawn of podcasting. I was like, oh, like I could just have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and share that with the world. And it would be the way that I prefer to interact. It's, it's like a one-to-one -one conversation. Uh, and I really just started it just to talk about what I think about business and life and lessons I've learned. And it ended up leading to be the number one networking tool that I have in my business and my career. And I get to talk to amazing people like you. I mean, so it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so it's just, it was a totally on a whim. I started it and a friend of mine helped me do the first six or eight episodes. And we actually ended up talking about time management and just like some tactical stuff. And then from there, it just took off. I met a, a guy named Vlad Merkatuman, um, who you should have on your show. And, uh, he ended up being a super connector for me and he ended up making the show be a massive success by just connecting me with a handful of people. And oddly enough, I didn't, I didn't even realize this until about six months ago when somebody said, Oh, you should do a course on podcasting. Oddly enough, I, I've never had an advertiser. I had zero intention of ever making any money on it. And I've made over, you know, a half million dollars off the show at this point from referrals wow. and backend stuff. And I just bring that up to say that sometimes if you just follow your, your gut or you just do that weird thing or the thing you're, that just comes up in the middle of the night for you or whenever your ideas come, if you just jump in and do that, then some really amazing things can happen. So I've, I've learned and I continue to learn to really trust my intuition when something random feeling comes up and I'm like, oh, that'd be cool or that'd be to try that a huge majority of my revenue comes from those random ideas, like some, the ones that worked and there's plenty that didn't work. So don't like think that I just dream up these things and they happen, but I'm learning to trust my intuition a lot more. And so that's, that's how the show started. Mm, I love that. And I also love the fact that, you know, we, we can't expect perfection and we can't expect a home run each time, but it mm. sounds like you're willing to follow the thread, especially as you learn to trust your gut more and more and more that willingness to be like, okay, well, let me see where this is going to go. I think that's where I agree with you. A lot of magic really happens. And um, <clears throat> I really, what impresses me just even reading your bio is you, you put your, you know, you dip your toe in so many different pools all at once. And it, it's almost like a contrarian viewpoint to, to go through because most people are like, listen, don't have so many eggs in so many baskets in this sense, because you're going to run out of bandwidth. You're going to run out of energy, but I mean, again, you had someone on your show about time management, so obviously you've, you've thought this part out. I'm curious, you know, as, in my opinion, you're a high-level entrepreneur, how do you stay on top of things and maintain not only the success of your companies, but leverage those companies to help other businesses achieve success as well? Yeah, so that's been a, a lifelong journey as an entrepreneur is because I, I am like, I think most entrepreneurs, like I have a zillion ideas a day that I'm like, oh, I should totally do that. <laughs> and for a, for a time, I really did. I, you know, I probably still, if I went and looked at my server, because we do a ton of hosting, I probably still have like 10 projects sitting there that I started 
within you know last six months to six years like there's some old you know there's some bones in the graveyard there but uh I early on started out thinking that I could do everything I wanted any idea from like I used to do voice over IP I used to do help desk I've um gotten involved you know partnering in like contracting businesses even though I did that early on um and then got out of that uh like I used to just really spread out and achieve very little. Mm. And the good thing about what I did was that I got really broad experience and I got to try a lot of things. And I used to think that all that was leading me to not having mastery in anything. But then a couple of things happened. One is, and I need to look this up so I can quote it correctly, but um, there's a quote that people say, jack of all trades, master of none. And mm -hmm. that's that's an incomplete quote. Mm -hmm. The real, the real quote talks about how you can like, there, there's a positive side to that is where, where the quote goes and I'll, I'll have to look it up. Um, but as I just kind of like in a bullish kind of brute force manner, tried all these different things, I originally thought, and if you would have asked me this even five years ago, I would have thought, Oh yeah, like I'm spinning my wheels or like this isn't productive or it's problematic. And I, it probably is for a lot of people. And it was problematic at different points. But as I look at it now, having done just a bunch of crazy different things, I can look back and see how it's all actually guided me into one place. And it's given me a ton of experience and knowledge in multiple different industries and fields. And so that, that part I really like because now um, what's happened is over the course of the last three or four years, I sold off some other separate entities and I, I didn't get rich or anything, but I made a few bucks and unloaded some things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's allowed me to focus into having our one parent brand company, which is business marketing engine, and then having these prominent brands underneath of it, like copywriter today or BME web, where we do our web design and development or Omni social engine, where we do social media management. And then, in between those primary kind of front-facing products and behind them, we have consulting, you know, from a marketing strategy standpoint, we do, we build software, we do all these different things. Um, but I've slowly learned how to narrow my focus now that I went out and got a ton of experience. Mm. And I often have, you know, younger entrepreneurs come to me who still have a nine to five or, or whatever situation they're not sure what to do next. And they're, they know they, they know they want to be an entrepreneur. They feel that entrepreneurial drive, but they're not sure what to do. And I've, I've started to tell people, especially if they're younger, because like I gained a lot of my experience between 16 and 30. I'll, I'll be 38 this month. And so like in the last eight years, I've started to halfway figure out entrepreneurship, I think, and business. But up until that point, I just tried so many different things. And I only had two, three jobs during, I've only had three jobs outside of being working for myself, but I got to work and go do different projects and, you know, essentially have a lot of jobs. And so I now tell the young entrepreneurs, like the best thing you can do, especially if you don't have a business yet, or you don't have the experience on your belt is work a job for a year in the space that you think you want to be in and respectfully resign and give notice and be a professional and then go work another job for another year that's related or something you want to do and then go work a third job. So if you take a three-year, for lack of a better term, like real world MBA, then 
you can then really make an impact in the area that you do want to work in and you'll learn where you want to work and you'll get real world experience instead of reading it in a book or not that I, I love reading, but not that you're just doing that or just getting a degree or just buying some course for somebody, you're actually out there doing it. So all that diverse experience and everything we do now has come from me going super wide to narrowing down. And so now we are pretty focused in how we show up and what we do. And we have all these different kind of front facing brands that bring in different clients or give us a different angle. I love it. Now, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but hearing you say that it, you know, there's a nine to five, but it sounds like there's also the option, just like an apprenticeship under another entrepreneur. It's not like a typical job because I think of, um, I don't know if you know this guy, Steve Larson, he, mm -hmm. um, he went to work for Russell Brunson building all of his funnels yep. and what a way to basically like do all the work and have Russell Brunson kind of tear him a new one every single day, telling yeah. him how to build these better ones. And obviously that's assuming that you want to work and, and you build your funnels and click funnels. But if so, he had the founder of it with a incredible marketing savvy, basically telling him how to make tweaks, how to do things like that. And all of a sudden he's a master at the craft with, to build his own funnels and to make his own money through yep. that process and that experience. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a great example. And I, I love what Stephen Larson's doing because it's always fun to see what he's documenting, what he's up to. Um, I met him once at, at Funnel Hacking and, it, you know, it, that's the exact same thing. It's like, get out there, get real experience. And that's how you can actually show up and create value in the world. Because what I don't like and what I see too much of is people saying, oh yeah, take this, you know, six, eight week course and then you'll be in business. And mm. that's not how it works. Like it just... Um, it's not that straight line for most people and for the handful of people that do have instant success. Cause I have had a couple instant success, you know, points in my career with different things. It doesn't typically last. Like, you know, if you get something fast, you lose it fast is, is typically, you know, what happens. Whereas if you really invest the time, then you'll, um, you'll be, you know, you'll be in a really a position of strength because you have the experience and the wisdom to make it successful. And I'm reading an interesting book that I, I want to quote the name correctly. So I'm going to pull it up here, but I'm reading this book called the five rings by Miyamoto Musashi I may not mm -hmm. be pronouncing that hundred percent right, but there's a line in this book from him and he's a, he's like a, from the year 1400 or 1500 in Japan. And he's, it was a samurai. And it says an improperly learned strategy leads to many wounds. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it just really super reminds me that like, there's a lot of, you know, things being sold out there of this is quick and easy to be successful as an entrepreneur. And they're just stealing from you because that's not how it works. Like you do need to put the time in and you do need to actually gain experience and exactly what you said, interning with somebody or, you know, even taking a low paying position or doing whatever it takes to see how it really works in a business is going to move you faster because then you should read the books. You should get the training and education, but that should be supplemental to experience. Yeah. I love that. I even think to, to Craig Clemens, who um, he's a copywriter who I think he's written copy that sold over a billion dollars. And he basically worked for Evan Pagan back when Evan was doing the David D'Angelo double your dating thing and writing his emails and stuff. So great examples. This is it's really intriguing. And I also think back to even like my book and I'm, you know, as we record this next week, it's going to be like one year on Amazon and it's been a bestseller basically the whole time. 
And I don't know where it's going. I'm, I'm obviously very grateful, but it's not the first Amazon book write-up I did. It's not the first book I published. It's not the first cover I designed. It's not the first book I wrote. It's not the first any of that. Like I've gotten so many bumps and bruises. And I think some people, because I publish under the short name, Andrew Cap, because I don't want to cannibalize the Andrew Kaplan who's, who's out there. People assume like, oh, it's the first book. This dude like caught lightning in a bottle. It's like, well, I caught um, a bunch of beatings in a bottle for 20 years. So I, I appreciate what you say with that because even those courses, no disrespect to course creators, because I know a lot of them have really good intentions, but it might be six or eight weeks before your first failure. And then it's like, well, what do you do from there? And yeah. I imagine when you're working with businesses, because you're helping them in all different areas, these are some of the things that you keep in mind as you guide them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because the the great thing about like the massive amount of failures and screw ups that I had from 16 to 30 is that since I've done enough things wrong, I can guide people a little bit easier and say, no, don't do that. I tried that one. <laughs> and here's a, here's a better path. And yeah, it's, I think the advantage of working in a lot of different industries and having a lot of different experiences is that you start to tie through these correlations or these principles or, you know, rules or, or laws of business that you wouldn't recognize if you were siloed in one space. And so having like, I've worked in collection and repossession in manufacturing, in telecom, in development, in um, network marketing companies. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd have to make a list someday, but like I worked in all the, in construction and like retail and I've been involved in so many different things that you start to see how, as an example, I always say, and this isn't my quote, I don't think, I think I heard it somewhere else, but um, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. And that's a principle that you can see across any business that if the leadership is sound, then everything's going to be okay. It does not matter what happens. If the leadership has issues and you as the entrepreneur, or the founder are typically the leader in the organization, there's some exceptions, but if you don't really understand leadership, then you're going to business is going to struggle at some point or have huge blind spots um, that you'll need to address. And so yeah, working with multiple different businesses and just seeing a lot of different things, you start to see these principles that tie through and that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, you know, you're a self-described introvert and, you know, we read your, your write up here. You love marketing, you love the technical piece. So, you know, there's a certain um, label you can put on someone that, and like you think you've got them sorted out, but I, you know, in my conversations with you and interacting with you, I, I try to read between the lines also. It's mm -hmm. clear to me to pay you a compliment that you're also very highly emotionally intelligent and it's clear to me that you're intentionally in that way and that you work on yourself and and you go down that path i'm curious you know not not to make you speak about yourself in this way but it's i think it's accurate what kind of work have you done books have you read experiences have you had that you believe have helped you gain that emotional intelligence that it's clear to me you help use to help other businesses in their business and marketing tasks that's a very nice compliment, first of all, so thank you. <laughs> I I think for me, I think my journey to like personal development and emotional intelligence and all of that, I, my whole life obviously is part of it, but it really started to come to the forefront for me in when I was 30, I found out that I have Asperger's, um, so I'm on the spectrum and that everything started to make sense for me because as a kid, you would not describe me the way you just did, you know, as a teenager, even in my early twenties, I was an asshole. I was arrogant. I didn't care about other people. Um, I was not aware or self-aware. So it was my agenda and that was it. And I've 
was aggressive enough and did have some leadership ability then so that I could accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. But I really viewed interactions with other people as what can I get? Um, and as I, you know, as I, when I started to realize like, oh, this is why I react the way I do. Um, this is why I have, you know, flamed out on people and screamed them in and said things I shouldn't say and acted poorly um, in like my teens and twenties, when I understood where that came from biologically, then it just inspired me to go, oh, like this is a great gift that I have. I have a ton, um, ton of potential, ton I can do with this. And so how can I explore that more? That was like the first inception point of like starting to work on myself. And then a huge, huge um, influence in how I think about and view people for me has been um, Brian Kurtz, who is a godfather in marketing and probably the kindest person you'll ever meet. And I somehow have no idea how I got on his email list at some point, but his email just super resonated with me. And he wrote this email one time that I'll never forget. And um, he talks about this principle of his called a hundred zero. And he says, you know, it's our job in relationships to go hundred percent of the way and expect 0% from the other person. And that stuck with me in originally. And it started to help me to go like, Oh, there's other people around me that are impacted by how I show up or how I don't show up at all. Um, and that, that a lot of that kind of stuff in my early thirties really started to trigger me thinking about how I operate, you know, how I show up, you know, my own communication skills, how I make people feel. And it really helped me start to expand my own kind of emotional um, intelligence on that front. And that's, that was probably the genesis of it. And there's, I mean, I could probably list off a dozen or two, two dozen books of things and things I've studied and read and, the other thing I'll throw in um, before this gets too long, I would answer is that meditation is probably one of the best things I've ever done as an entrepreneur. Um, so I started using an app called Headspace a few years ago, and it was a slow start for me because sitting silently with yourself is hard if you've never done it before. Um, but that also just gave me a ton of awareness and has just opened up so much in my life. I love that. And you know, it's a great quote by Brian. And I think I would hope people listening to this they're probably thinking of one conflict or misunderstanding that they're happening right now in their life that they could apply the whole hundred zero thing to whether they like it or not, they can apply it to it and hopefully it could help them. And, yeah. and I think meditation adds that mindfulness. And I mean, I know I've done my own research on meditation. You're basically reinforcing connections between the right and the left brain. So you're creating, you know, logic and emotion. You're creating a balance there that you're, you're more resilient. You're more emotionally intelligent you see the chessboard a little bit better and hopefully you're in a better position to give value for your own life and for other people's lives and businesses. So I love that, man. It's a great answer. Yeah. And the only other thing that I'll, I'll throw in there too, is that what I'm going to say is everybody listening is going to go, Oh yeah, I know that I've heard that, but I want you to pretend you've never heard this before when I say this, because it really will help you show up for people differently and it'll change your life. The longer I hang around, people like you, Andrew and Brian, and, you know, just great leaders and people that just have such a big caring heart. Um, the more that I understand when they say, you know, how would you want to be treated if that was you on the other end of the line or the other, you know, in the relationship. Um, and so like, as an example, over the past, this past weekend, I have a new client, um, could come on for one of our services 
and there was some kind of technical glitch and she reached out over the weekend and sent me a text and was freaking out and said, you know, all these blank emails got sent to my list. There was some kind of error with her email, you know, marketing automation. And she was really upset about it. Um, and in the past, I would have just ignored that and not, and been like, uh, you know, not my problem. It's the weekend. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow or whatever. And I would have been calloused or not really, and just been thinking about myself. Um, but in that moment, even though I think as most normal humans would have, I had some anxiety and I was like, man, that sucks. And like, I don't know how I want to deal with it. Or like, it's not the kind of thing you want to deal with on a Sunday afternoon. But I was like, you know, if, if I was her, how would I, how would I want to be responded to? Because she doesn't have all the information and she doesn't know it's a solvable problem. And like, she's never gone through this before. I just picked up the phone and left her a voicemail and said, Hey, totally understand. You know, if it was anything that we caused or there was any miscommunication, I apologize. Um, and we'll hundred percent solve this. You can call me back today or, you know, we have a call scheduled tomorrow and I'll, I'll talk to you then. And interestingly enough, like I said, in the past, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have, I would have just blown it off or not cared, but just making that phone call and leaving that voicemail, I felt a lot better. Like I felt like, man, you know what? I really lived up to the integrity that I want to have as a person. And, um, and then the next day, everything was fine. And we, we figured out it was, it really, it wasn't an error on our part. It was just kind of a weird thing that had happened and it was fully resolved. And I maintained and built trust with her instead of me not communicating or not showing up in a kind, just with a kind intention and a kind heart. And so my intention always now is, and I don't live this perfectly, but it's my intention every day is to show up to people and just serve and help and really think about like, man, what if I was in their position? How would I want to be treated and served? And that's showing up with that intention will make everything better. And it's a big shift. It's a big change because we, you know, we grow up selfish, egotistical, you know, kids and that's okay. Like there's a reason for that. There's a piece of that. Um, and you even talk about your ego in a really positive way that's been helpful to me. But there's the other side of how we just need to show up and actually think about what it would be like to be the other person and then communicate and act in light of that. Mm, I love that answer. And I think it's, it really, I'm, I'm, I love how you said, listen, you've heard this before, but really take it to heart because that in many ways is the key to the castle to, you know, well, one, a successful sales process. But then a successful customer retention, because, you know, you want to make sure when you're treating them a certain way, not only are they going to want to stick with you, but they're going to refer people. So, I mean, I've been saying this more and more lately, but it's almost like the most selfish thing you can do is be selfless because you're creating value. You're making a better world around you. But also, like, I mean, I say do it selfishly with the understanding that it is going to come back. It is going to benefit you because I know for me personally, I can't speak for you, Gabe, but for me, if that's what it's going to take to keep me on point, even though it generally doesn't, but if it, if it is, if it, if it needs to do that much, then fine, whatever it needs to do to get me to kind of stay on track, I'll take whatever tricks I can get to keep making sure that I'm staying in integrity with myself. So I, I love that answer. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, I think about too, like sometimes people, a lot of people say, man, you're always optimistic and positive and you always have a good attitude and and I actually do the majority of the time. And I always tell people, I'm like, well, my options are I can have a bad attitude um, or let anything upset me, or I can be unrealistically optimistic and positive. And either way, if I'm wrong and it's foolish to be that way all the time, I, I feel better. <laughs> so it's completely selfish in that sense. But end of the day, like everybody benefits. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Because if 
whatever it takes to motivate you to start having effective positive actions in your life do it like what you know any it's it's okay to like create little mind games or tricks for ourselves to get us over the hump to solve a problem that we actually need to solve so yeah i totally agree with that yeah and i love uh what you just said they're like be unrealistically positive and optimistic i'd even say um not only just unrealistically, but unreasonably, like be unreasonably. And that's not um, an advertisement to say like, be stupid and, and ignore signs of uh, that will go, but no, but just say like in any situation where you can just have a better mindset and we're mind frame, it's going to help you solve the problem anyway. So I, I love that idea. I love these little gold nuggets that we're pulling out of here because we, we began this interview and I basically like talked about like, here's Gabe and his four awesome companies doing all these things. It's about business and this and that, but you brought it um, in, in a very seamless way that yeah, it's about business, but it's also about life and it's all connected anyway. Yeah. And I, I think this, I think this, you talk about this in your book, but you talk about how you can be grateful even when negative things happen. And that's, that's what I'm talking about from like a positivity standpoint is I'm very aware and very realistic and very positive and it can be done like you can go oh like that sucks that this just happened or like this is a challenge but you know what the good news is is that this is still going on or i yeah. i can still respond to it like i don't think in most cases in the modern world um that we actually face situations where we have total destruction and loss however we sometimes treat a client canceling a person, somebody fired, getting, having to get fired, somebody stealing from us, like we sometimes treat, or our kid doing something we don't want them to do, we sometimes treat those things as huge events and they're not. Like, it, I don't want it to happen again, but like, everything's okay. Like, there'll be another client, there'll be a better day with your, you know, with your family, like everything's going to work out. And like, so you can be realistic and be unreasonably positive too. So yeah, it's also strategic, you know, because if you let it get you out of shape, it's most likely going to, negatively affect more of that or exasperate the problem where it yeah. doesn't need to be exasperated. So it's like, it's almost out of strategy, out yeah. of strategy, try to find a better way because it's actually one of the best ways out of the problem to begin with. Certainly the most efficient and certainly it'll keep you on your game in as good a way as possible when all other things are coming at you at once. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Cool. So <laughs> we've covered so much on, uh, on life here. Um, again, I, I, I admittedly view you through rose colored glasses, but I think you're the real deal. I don't want to waste this opportunity. So just want to go to marketing a little bit because obviously, you know, that stuff. So while we have a little time here left, I was curious, like, what are your, you know, in your experience, your most important, you know, marketing insights or lessons that you've learned that you not only help in your own business, but you're helping other people in theirs. Yeah, the first thing I would share is, yeah, I mean, I, I love marketing. I think about it and dream about it. And it's, it's, it's such a cool part of being an entrepreneur is that you have to understand marketing and, and sales and all these components in business. But I think probably the number one most overlooked thing in marketing is that if you want to be successful in marketing, you need to deliver an amazing product or solution. And all the marketing in the world will not solve a, a bad delivery team. It will not, you know, solve bad product, bad delivery, bad solution. Like if you're if you're not solving a real world problem in a way that makes people feel good about how you solve that problem, then you cannot spend enough money to solve a bad solution. And so I always tell people the best marketing 101 is have a great product and take great care of your clients or have a great service. You know, 
And if you do that, then everything else will be significantly easier. And so as you find opportunities or are approached with opportunities as an entrepreneur, first make sure that they are rock solid in that they actually solve the right problems and they, you know, they deliver value. Um, and that term's thrown around a lot right now in a way that I don't think is accurate, but real value is solving somebody's pain and problem in a sustainable and, you know, permanent manner. And so that's the first thing in marketing is to really be clear that your, your, your thing, your offer or service is solving a real problem and you're really good at it. Um, and that you're continually improving it. As an example there, I use a product called monday.com for all our project management. And what I love about them is they are constantly improving. They're constantly releasing something new that is directly from their clients feedback. So um, that's, that's a, that's a huge piece of it. Um, and then the other thing that I've learned the hard way and seen other people learn the hard way. And I'm a, a little bit better at now is that you can't, it, or let me be clear. It's very difficult to manufacture marketplace desire. And so if you look at anything that's really successful, um, that a lot of the time it's because the timing of the offer matched where the, the market was at. And I, I always tell the story of like GM, I believe it was in the seventies, um, put in today's dollars, like a billion dollars into advertising how safe their vehicles were. And they lost every penny of that because nobody mm -hmm. gave a shit that their vehicles were safe. Everybody back then only cared about speed and sports car. I mean, you look at cars from the seventies, they're, they're fun looking cars, but they're not that safe compared to what we have today. And now if you watch any car commercial, there's going to be a huge highlight about safety because that's what the market wants. But I don't believe that GM's billion dollars of in, you know, in, in the 1970s equivalent affected the market. I think the market just shifted. Hmm. And so I wrote a post about this um, earlier this week, I think it was, but I talk about how, you know, you can be a fisherman or you can be a farmer as a marketer and both take skill and work. But if you're a fisherman, you can figure out where the fish are and put your net in the, you know, in the water and find them. Um, and that takes skill and practice. And then you can deal with existing currents of what people want, what they're doing. And, and that's typically the way to grow a huge business because it's existing desire is there and you match it with a great product. The other way you can do it, but it's a, it's a different process, a little bit slower. And I think it's probably smaller market sizes is you can be a farmer and you can go out and educate people in a sense, one by one, and you can plant the seeds and you can say, this is the solution you're going to need, you know, when you get to this stage and you can really nurture those relationships and that's the only way in my mind that you can create desire, but it's a very, it's a long game. And so if you're willing to put in the time, meaning decades, then you can build a really successful business that way too. So I think that people often just misunderstand that they can create desire like that. And you can't, you either have to really play the long game and build that and invest in it and be that farmer, or you just have to go find existing desire and match a product and solution to it. So. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard it put that way before. That's very insightful and very cool and, and very memorable. Um, this is awesome. So we're almost out of time here, but I didn't want to ask, like if people, obviously you're, you're very dynamic here. There's so much to, to go into. If people wanted to connect with you or learn more about you or, you know, just um, can consume more of what you got here, like what is the best way for them to, to connect or reach out? Yeah. I mean, um, 
we have our different product sites and um, probably like the main central easiest place to find me is just at gabearnold.com. And you can, if you search Gabe Arnold on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, those are the, those are the platforms, you know, that I'm the most active on. Um, and I'm happy to connect and help anybody with any questions they have, either if it's something I can solve or help with or somebody on my team, then I'd be glad to connect with them. So just gabearnold.com is the easiest. I love it. So uh, last question along the lines of, of the one that I gave in, a minute ago here, but if you can go back in time to, you know, to help Gabe Arnold from 10 or 20 years ago, what was the number one piece of advice or insight you would give him um, to, to get him either along faster, along better, or, or just in any way, shape or form that you think it would be really good advice for that version of you for now? That, I like that question. <laughs> um, for me, it would be that relationships are more important than money. As soon as you realize that you have all the money you need, which is a really funny thing about life, but that's what I would have told my younger self because I I was an asshole, I was arrogant, I treated people in ways that I'm not proud of, and if I would have understand that, then I would have had a little bit longer view of what was going on in the moment, and I could have showed up with more kindness, and that's that's something that is just a really important value to me now, um, and I would encourage everybody, you know, in the same way as realize that relationships are worth far more than money and money always works out in the end. If you focus on relationships first. I love it. Well, you know, you, you, you took your looks like we all take our licks and I guess my audience is the beneficiary right now of this, because this has been a, an amazing, amazing interview. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and sharing your insight and just being so, so open and so in integrity with, with how you went about this. I think there's a lot of gold for here for people. I know that they're going to enjoy listening back to this and I appreciate you being on the show, my friend. This is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Gabe Arnold for that awesome, awesome interview and, and all the insights that you shared. I really appreciate it guys. You definitely want to check Gabe out when you get a chance here. Uh, again, I'm going to put out um, his main website, but I'll also include his LinkedIn profile and his Facebook profile. So whichever way you think is the best way to reach out to him, you will have those options, whether it's in the description of the video on YouTube, if you're watching this on video, or if you're just listening to the audio on shatteredamoldpodcast.com, I'll make sure that those links are on the section of the site where this interview resides. With that said, final reminder, if you haven't done so already, feel free to check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. You can go to the Amazon listing by just going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. Or you can check out the YouTube channel in support of it, which is youtube.com slash andrewcap. Either one will serve you well. And stay tuned. We've got way more awesome guests and way more episodes on the way shortly. So thanks so much for listening today. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.